Hello and welcome to the Beehive Jive. Um, here we are coming to you from London and we're in lockdown. Um, and it's been a while since you've heard from us. Uh, so here we are tonight with all the latest news and updates about the weather from me, as always. Um, and here's Paul. He's here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you like the weather at the moment? There's no Australian moaning about the weather, about the British weather. Oh, no, the weather's no, the weather's gorgeous, but I always go on about it, so <laughs> I kind of feel like I have to. But anyway, this is really interesting for me because obviously not only are we social distancing, but we're actually in separate locations. Yes, we're doing it over Google locations. Meets. Yeah, uh, it's cool. It is cool. It's really good. It's really good to be able to do a podcast like this. Now, now I've worked so, out to um, make record off Google Meet something. I can, we can do other ones. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so, Paul, <laughs> do you want to? <laughs> All right. So, um, so this this season that the podcast is going to be a bit sporadic uh, for the very simple reason. Uh, early in the year, I was diagnosed with cancer, so it's a treatable form. But it requires me to do chemo and have a couple of surgeries. So I'm in my last round of chemo and I'll be having my surgery hopefully in August. So next season we'll be back to normal. Um, but this season, I, yeah, I just haven't felt like, <laughs> like, do, like doing anything, actually, like getting out of bed. So, um, mm. yeah, so I, I don't want to really dwell on that. But that's that's the reason why the podcast is a bit. It's going to be a little bit sporadic. We'll do a few, but it won't be... Used to try and do it every every month during the season, but the benefit mm. of uh, having cancer is Tracy's now managing all my bees for me. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's like having your own personal beekeeper. <laughs> well, you, you you may not be so positive when you see what I've done, but <laughs> it's it's a a little bit it's a little bit stressful looking after someone else's bees for a long period, you know, because you kind of you, you've got to have that plan, and I I, I don't know. What the plan is, but the bees do, um, and they're not telling me what it is. So I kind of feel like I'm on the back foot a bit. But um, fortunately, they're in the most glorious location I think I've ever seen an apiary. Uh, so it's always a pleasure to go down there. My little paddock. And hear the lambs and yeah. Cuddle the lambs. It's just lovely. Yeah, cuddle, cuddle, cuddle a lamb. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just a beautiful place and. Um, I have been managing them, and they're the most vigorous bees I think I've ever managed. Really? Every week I go down there, and they've been up to something new. Yeah. You're putting me to shame, though, aren't you? Because you're making loads of honey, which has set the expectation <laughs> with Kay, my wife, that from now on there will just be a, a truck will pull up, with a, a container truck to pull up full of honey. So, yeah, thanks for <laughs> that. So she's like, why, why don't you make that much honey? I'm sorry. But I'm going to say what I always say, it, which is you do make honey, but, you know, maybe you're a better beekeeper than me because you leave it on the hives for the bees. Rather better than a nice way of saying too, it too lazy to take it off. <laughs> so, so hey, have you found anything different with the way I – because I, I keep bees on a single national box now. Have you found that different? Because you mm. keep them on a larger box. Have you yeah. found that? difficult yes. or good 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 or bad i like it i like I, it's i'm really kicking myself because last winter i decided to make a choice about which one to commit to whether it was going to be 14 by 12 yeah. or the standard 14 by 8s 
And because I've got so much jumbo equipment, yeah. I thought I'll go for the 14 by 12s. I bought loads of frames. I've just done Bailey changes, so they're all on this new comb. And um, it's all 14 by 12. And I have to say, working yours, I really wish I'd gone for the the smaller frames yeah. um, because they're so much easier to work with. I think in many ways they suit they suit the kind of bees that we keep, the kind of bees that I keep. They suit them more. Um, my bees don't need all that massive space. And I think I said to you the other day, the only um, the only colony I kept on standard frames ended up with six supers on it. So it certainly doesn't affect honey production. In no. any way, and it's just a much nicer way to work, I think. Yeah, but it's, ta- it's taken me a couple um, of years going through different. So I started on standard, the 12 by 10 yeah. frames, and then everyone said, Oh, you know, you need much more space in the bees. So I went to 12 by 14s. Um, mm. I, find, I find those frames a bit unwieldy, they're just really big, and when it's hot, they, they, they're a bit unstable. Um, mm. So then I went to double bread. Sorry, you were going to say? Yeah. No, I was just when you said they're a bit unstable. That that that's exactly how I feel, and it's right because when it's hot, the comb at the bottom can tends to bulge. I find. Yeah. And you just know when you know when you're manipulating them. I've heard people say that the whole thing can just fall out. Yeah, I always found out to keep them, keep them vertical, like like almost as right, if you were doing right. a top bar frame, right? Where there's nothing holding it on, other than the yeah but um and then i went to double brood um which is all right actually i, I found double brood. but then I, I i kind of came to the conclusion that if you've got drawn supers if you think they haven't got enough space you can just take the queen excluder off and it'll just go up into the supers yeah. um and and, yeah. and the other thing i found was I, I was just a time to inspect the brood nest just felt longer and like the twelve by four, the bigger the box, the more brood space you've got in terms of frame sizes, or you know, like double brood twenty two frames, it's a lot easier to miss swarm cells, things like that. So, yeah. And, and the other thing I found is that if you've got a smaller brood nest, um, they tend to move up quicker. I think because because I think with a bigger frame or double brood. They've got like more room to roam. There's loads of space yeah. within that brood nest to go around. Whereas if you take yeah. that room to roam off and you pack them into a smaller box, um, the only place they can go is up because there's no spare space. Mm. So I found that easier. Um, mm. And the, the the way I mean, we both do swarm control the same way. That just, you just when when you think they're going to swarm, you just take the queen out of the box. And make mm. a nuke, so you just do a split basically. Um, that controls because mm. one of the criticisms of smaller boxes is they swarm a lot. I found that controls the swarming, especially if you do it sort of end of May. Mm. Um, and because and also because there's not lots lot of space in the brood nest, if you if you do it right, they, it's probably already packed with a sealed brood. It still means the bees are kind of up in the supers. Mm. But they just seem less Definitely. work, which is my number one. <laughs> They're a lot easier to inspect. Yeah. Because really, you're yeah. inspecting I, about eight frames, aren't you? Yeah. I, I really don't like double brood or brood and a half. I think it's just – and also, they stick all the frames together. 
So, you know, you kind of, if you're not careful, if you don't twist the box, you end up with dragging six frames out that are stuck to the bottom of the other ones. Um, I did that in spring, actually. It was very shaming. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I like your setup. And I think it's it's like basic kind of building blocks for a hive. And they're all really simple. And you're organized. You've, I love it how you keep your queen excluders on the hives under the roof so they're there. Yeah. Like you store them there. I don't yeah, bring them home. See, <laughs> Yeah, I know, and I and I don't do that, and I don't know why. So I've started doing it, um, and I'll tell you what else I've started doing that you do is taking a new crown with me. So if I see the frame with the queen on it, yeah, I just pop her in that new. Great, isn't it? And if I then need to split, she's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just walk out all around the walk around the nuke. It's because it's, it's sp- way I space out my hive. There's a space on the stand next to the yeah. hive that you can put the nuke on. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, nine times out of ten, if you see the queen and you're all they're going to swarm and you put her back and then you go and get a nuke, it takes you like, <laughs> you can't find her. She disappears. She goes to hiding. So, yeah, I think that's a really good tip. And I, like I said, I've started doing it. Um, but God, something I'm really struggling with <clears throat> is the queens that aren't marked, both at yours, because you've got some new queens. Um, and at mine, and I'm terrified to mark them in case I do something wrong. Uh, do you know, I used to be so good at handling queens. I just used to pick them up and just them mark them well, and clip you? them. Yeah, yeah. You got me into and clipping. And I've, I've lost – yeah, I, well, I know it's a handy thing, I think. Yeah. Um, so what I found is the more spare nukes I've got, the more confident I am with clipping because I kind of look over right. to the – six or seven nukes I've got and think, well, yeah, if this queen flies away, I can just go over there and requeen the whole hive yeah. in, in minutes. Yeah. Um, but I warn you now, none of them are clipped because I, I didn't do it last year. Um, I used to do it when I raised yes. them. So if I raised a new queen uh, in a nuke, like grafted it, I'd clip it when I'd seal brood. And I think I lost two or three and they kind of fly off after you clipped. Mm. After you clipped them, so you know they're around there somewhere, but they're tiny. But having those, yeah, those spare nukes. Well, you use those spare nukes different to I do because I use them for queen rearing. You put supers on. Yes, that's just greedy. Yes, I have got. <laughs> I've got. I've got supers on everything. I can put supers on. Um, Remember, we used to laugh at those see, supers. That's... We used to laugh at those poly supers. Like, Why do you want a poly super? And you're saying to me, "Have you got any more poly?" <laughs> I really mocked them when they first came out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the people who, you know, don't want to put their bees in a full hive. And they are so useful. Um, I've got them on my own hives as well. I've got a couple of hives in polynukes with extensions, and they're really, really, really handy. But um, it's just been such good weather, hasn't it? And the queens yeah. have mated really easily. Yeah, I do mate, mate well up there. I normally, I probably get a seventy to eighty percent of the mate. Yeah, it's funny though because the first your the first hive as you walk in is already my favourite. And it's funny I was going to so bump that hive to... off last year because it was so grumpy. Oh, must, they're must have just been me. <laughs> Or maybe maybe I'm talking about a different hive. No, it's, it's the, the first, first one you come to. Yeah, hive number one. Yeah, yeah. That was so aggressive yeah, last year. 
Were they? Yeah, yeah. They, they were aggressive in it the might way. Might have been the weather. Could have been. It was aggressive in a way. You know when they they're really aggressive, and they cling to you. Yeah. Like all up your arms. They were like that. Is that the one that stung you all over your arms? Yeah, yeah. That's the one at this. Yeah. So, so my plan yeah. for this year, if I hadn't got ill, was to put those into. I've got little those little uh, lice and meat double meaty nukes. I was going to I was going to put her in that to draw out the coat. But now mm. you've told me she's super vigorous and. She's got, you know, end of May, she's got three supers on her. Once again, putting me to shame. There's a pattern well, for no. <laughs> no, but see, you would have split them. You would have had three colonies out of that by now, whereas I've got honey because that's what, that's what I've been kind of forced to do, I think, because of where I keep my bees. Um, but as it happens, I love honey, so it's no <laughs> great chore. Um, so yeah, she's, she's lovely. She's actually in a polynuke if I split them because they were going to swarm. So you've got a lovely new queen in there and she's just big and lovely. Um, like a caramel color. She's really lovely. So, um, it just has been such a good year. So hopefully they'll all last a good few years. They've mated well. I hope so. And you're, and you're, because you've got bees on poo farm, haven't you? I should have worn my poo. Oh my god! I should have worn my poo farm hat. And, um, <laughs> mine's mine's nailed up in my shed. I should have got it. <laughs> <laughs> and you got it on the lavender field. So the ones on the lavender field were sick last year, and they say, so "How's that?" How's they were that? sick. Um, they're fine. They're they're over it, but they're they're building up kind of slowish. Uh, I'd like it if they were a bit more vigorous by now. But they've all done their Bailey changes, so that's pretty good. That was slowing down anyway, wasn't it? To draw those fourteen by twelve, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're good, but at Beddington. Poo Farm. Um, Poo Farm. <laughs> I, that is my most favourite apiary that I've ever had. I, I love everything about being there. It's, um, you know, there's no competition from other beekeepers. and there's probably no competition from other bees on that sewage farm. Yeah, there's, there's probably, no, exactly. There's no trees, are there? But, um, well, Beddington Park is just down the road, so they've got all the trees oh, okay. there. Anyway, my big hive that I've got there um, has got four full supers on it. And I actually, I'm going to have to get someone to come and help me. I can't lift them off the hive. They're so heavy. This has never happened to me before, and I'm really ha- I'm happy it's happened now. But it is like, it's just heavy lifting that I can't do and a couple of weeks ago when I inspected them I couldn't lift them back onto the hive I had to take all the frames out and then put it on and put it back in um so yeah Beddington love Beddington yeah. love that place it's, great. it's lovely because it's got although it's a sewage works it's got hundreds of acres of pasture there isn't it it's just where they put the slurry yeah. and they let it go to grass and then all the wild flowers move in yeah, it has, bean. and yeah, it's 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 really good, and they have like lo- loads of wild birds, and it's kind of very nature. It's it's a, it's a kind of really quiet place as well. I I really like working there. Um, so yeah, so so far so good with them, and they haven't been sick, so that's good. Because um, I was so worried about transmission of the virus to them so um 
yeah, I I got like separate bee suits, separate boots, smoker, disposable gloves, everything. So, and kept it just for them, and they're fine. Um, although having said that, I also did that, and it didn't work. <laughs> it doesn't seem to have worked, but maybe who knows? Well, there was a uh, cr- article, wasn't there? Well, on like the Aprist. Yeah. Google the Aprist yeah. blog. It's best. It's, the, it's my favourite beekeeping blog. It's fantastic. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's amazing. So he, he What an article of Well he's doing a research Sorry. pro he's a research scientist, isn't he? He's doing research into chronic bee paralysis virus. And he's essentially mm. saying it's everywhere. And it's becoming yeah. more frequent. Yeah. So it's um it's a, it's a terrible thing, but like I think a hive can have it and it, it's not necessarily catastrophic. Um, but for bigger colonies or for commercial beekeepers, from what they're saying, it tends to be worse. Um, and my ones that died were all big colonies, so like massive great big colonies and were probably a bit too crowded. So just got to stay on top of it. But they're coming back, so that- they're building back up. Yes, they are. They are building back up. And, I mean... They've done well with the spring flow. God, we've had such a good flow this year. They've done well with the spring flow, and um, I think they'll do well in summer as well. And I've got some people coming for bee safaris, so mm. I have to work out how that's going to work with social distancing. <laughs> you have to, uh, I don't know, get a big magnifying glass so they can see it from two, yeah. two metres away <laughs> and shout. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at the bees. I can see. <laughs> yes, a virtual bee. That's going to be tough, isn't it? Because you do like a honey tasting, and then you go out to the hive, and then you pass a frame around. Would you? Would you taste honey under these circumstances yeah. from a jar that's previously been yeah. opened? I'm on a special diet of. Um, I'm trying to think of another word for shit, but I'm on a special diet of just. <laughs> rubbish it's just all i can only really process food like white bread yeah <laughs> french fries yeah. beef burgers so I, I yeah honey been lovely can you eat honey yeah i can't eat uh fruit vegetables or drink plain water mm. which is the weirdest thing for a doctor to tell you again to not drink water not eat fruit Vegetables. Oh, yeah. So you're sitting there with this um, really nice surgeon, and again, yeah, don't eat this, don't eat that. And it's like all the things they tell you to eat when you go see your doctor and they go, you're not eating enough fruit. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's good, actually, because uh, I just discovered five guys delivered to my house. So it's preventing me um, putting on 400 pounds because <laughs> those, pe- <laughs> those peanut butter milkshakes, they're, they're, they're deadly. Oh, I oh, I didn't know they'd do a peanut butter milkshake. It's amazing. Oh, that that would just – I don't think I'd be able to eat that because that would just trigger me to then eat everything else on the menu. When I, when I had my interview for my current company, they said, what's your biggest weakness? I said, peanut butter milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> they must have liked to give me the job. But yeah, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have to have separate tasting tables and – I don't know. Like I thought if I give people gloves and have some masks there for anyone who wants it. 
the then, mask stops you giving it to someone, doesn't stop other people catching it. To someone else, yeah. So they could all so wear I masks. should probably wear one. Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't worn one yet. Because um, I haven't really been out anywhere. <laughs> so apart from to stand at the end of your driveway and shout, do you have any more supers? <laughs> um, so that's the only social contact I've had. Um, <laughs> the amount of boxes I've kind of lent and given away. My neighbours must wonder what happens because I put them on the end of my driveway and then people turn up and just take them away. <laughs> like, what? You know, I'm a drug dealer or something. So. <laughs> um, I love your frames, by the way, the the ones that I've been making up. All right. Like, they, ac- they actually fit together. Yeah. You don't have to bash them into place with the hammer. They're really, really good. That's beequipment.co.uk. Um, yeah, very good. Nice quality yeah, and nice friends. quality foundation as well. I'm not sure where I got that from. Yeah, um, mm. I've lost mm. a box of 50 frames. Can't find it anywhere. I thought I'd give it a year and you go, I haven't got it. And I, so if, I can't find it. I've looked in both my sheds. It'll turn Not up supers? Somewhere. No, um, brew frames. Oh. <laughs> it's disappeared. I'll have to have a look. I'll have, I'll have a look. Oh. But, um... Oh, I don't know where they went. Ooh, Tracy's frozen. Um, so, oh, yeah, social distancing. Yeah. So how are you going to do it? Oh, hang on. It's going to be safari anyway. You're breaking up a little bit there, Trace. So people have got gloves and they've got gloves and they've – oh, am I? Can yeah. you hear me? Can hear you now, yeah. No. Oh. A bit, little bit funny. Turn the turn the video off. It might help. Okay. I'll turn my video. Uh, off. Let's have a look. How do I do that? Just just, just click <laughs> oh, on there. It click is. on you and just turn it off. There we go. Right. So 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 hey yeah. So how are you going to do? Are you rudely interrupted by the internet. How are you going to? Um, <laughs> yes. How are you going to do the social distance in the beast of Horizon? I I, no, don't, I, I need to ask I need to ask people like what they expect or what they want. Um, I mean, I mean, like in the initial like presentation and that you could keep people apart and during the honey thing. But I guess inspecting the hive is probably the easiest part because people can kind of stand apart and I can pass the frame yeah. around. I guess I have to make sure I don't have too many people at one time. Yeah. I guess like if, if you ask them they're all from the same household, they don't have to social distance then, do they? Apart from no. The, oh, yeah, that's a good point. From you. Yeah, that's a very good point. By then, they might have changed the rules a bit. It's all a bit weird. Well, there's a, there's something about outdoor markets. Um that are allowed to open slightly early. And I guess they're kind of an outdoor market. So hopefully they'll be opening yeah. in June um, because that's, you know, when the lavender is at its best, it's so beautiful. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. But, you know, I mean, I'll make it work somehow and I'm not expecting the kind of bookings that I had last year because I wouldn't be booking a bee safari right now um, with everything so uncertain. So the bookings I have got are from Christmas presents that, mm-hmm. you know, were given. 
So, um, but it'll, it'll be fine. And anyway, the bees are ready for whatever is required of them. So Ready to be molested. Yes, ready to be handed around. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. You've just got to, you just got to adapt to all the strange ways that we now live in. <laughs> so my my favourite thing about the shops reopening is the drive-throughs reopening. It's hysterical. Mm. So uh, some McDonald's not too far from here opened, and the day it opened, it caused a six-mile tailback along a main road. <laughs> I'm looking here, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I, yeah, I quite like a McDonald's, but I'm not sure I'd queue in a traffic jam. For three hours for a Big Mac, <laughs> I'd probably come back later. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I probably would. That's the that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I was thinking at one point, but when will McDonald's reopen? <laughs> um, you get it delivered, don't you? But I, yes, I do get it yeah. delivered. Don't you but know the name it, of the delivery it, driver? Yeah, I used to. I used to. She's she's moved on now, sadly. Um, <laughs> that was kind of yes, yes, a career progression. Um, so yeah, I I think that's crazy, but um, people want their McDonald's, don't they? Obviously, <laughs> I'm sure I want a McDonald's. Well, I watched that, that thing that you recommended about Ray Kroc. What thing was that? Oh well, the the founder, I, the film, the founder. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. It's called the founder. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's good, isn't it? It's yeah, a good film. That was really good. That was I really enjoyed it. It's on Amazon. Yeah, it is yeah. a good film. You've discovered mm. loads of new films on Amazon, haven't you? Because <laughs> you just sit I there have, yeah. watching the good ones, the crap ones. Uh, I've got Disney Plus. I think I've binge-watched their entire catalogue now. Oh, have you? <laughs> I'm, I'm heading that way myself. My only thing with Disney Plus I'm disappointed in is it's got National Geographic, but it's only got sort of 20 things from them. It hasn't got the whole whole uh, catalogue. Mm. So Disney Plus saw that out. Mm. Mm. So, no, there's some good, good stuff on there, actually. Well, you watched Ratatouille, didn't you? Yes, I did watch Ratatouille. We've turned it to a I Disney Plus that. review site, review podcast. Yeah, we have, we have. But I watch The Simpsons a lot because I, I just like it. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, I could I could just sit down and watch everything on there. So but, I had a me- I had a message from a guy called Jack on Twitter. He said he's he's binged listened to the podcast. So thank you, Jack. Uh, and I think you. we've converted him to the cult of nukes. And uh, he's Yay. A good man. <laughs> and he was asking how you prepare, how well you prepare uh, over winter nukes. And, and essentially the way I do it is I, I do it from some part of my swarm control is to, there's loads of ways of doing swarm control, but the way I like this just because I'm lazy is I find the queen and I just take her out of the, the hive and I put like a frame of brood and food in there and I feed it a little bit and she goes off and then they'll just make a new queen or I can give them a grafted queen. So I take that nuke, May, June, and I build it up and I use a poly nuke system where you can put another brood box on it. So, so basically you go into winter with nukes that are on 12 frames. So it's essentially a full size hive. Um, and that's how I overwinter them. And they, that, because they're that big, I can treat them like I treat a hive 
um, I can get loads of food in them. Um, I do overwinter them as well on six six frames. You just got to be a bit careful at looking at the just feeding them with fondant. But essentially, I build them up as if I was going to put them in a full size hive, and I just don't put them in a full size hive. I just keep them, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can use them as you know, like Tracy's using using them as to make honey or. You can use them queen rearing because um, you just got loads of brood there. You've got loads of spare queens. And I find it makes me more confident handling my production hives. So, my, mm. yeah. And I don't keep a lot of queen. Um, so, my apri, my basic apri setup is six production hives and then at least six nukes, sometimes like six to eight. Uh, more than that, I just get a bit fed up because it's, it's a lot of inspecting. But in the in the in the winter go over winter in, in in the spring then whatever happens you're gonna have lots of bees there's loads of bees um, and then I can requeen the ones that you know sometimes you get queens you don't like uh, I can requeen those so that's that's how I do it that's how I overwinter them I just build them up to to be really strong feed them they would look, make sure they've got enough stores and then I just push them through winter and the 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 polynukes they overwinter in the polynukes really well. I'm not sure why. A lot of people say it's because they're they're warmer, but I just find they overwinter really well in in polystyrene nukes. How do you? Mm, They do. How do you do it, Tracy? Because you're a collector. I do. I do what you do, and I think that. Well, last winter, I decided to put all of my collar overwinter all of them in polynukes with extensions. All right. And a super. so, so you took them out of the your big poly hives and you put them in the yeah. Hives. Actually, what what I did was I used all my I only have five poly hives right. and the rest is all cedar. So I used my five poly hives and the rest I put into poly nukes with extensions. And I had one colony in cedar, and I know that's not enough to give a proper comparison, but I I really do find that overwintering and poly there. By comparison to other colonies, they're much stronger, much earlier, I think. Um, I mean, there are so many factors at play there. You can't kind of categorically say that. But in my experience, I would always overwinter in poly in some form. Um, And, you know, especially if it's a smaller kind of colony. I think they're just really cosy in there. (laughs) They are warmer. They they are they're very insulated. The only downside I find of poly is is you get condensation on on the top of them. God, yeah, you do. Yeah. So sometimes you you know you do a lot of in the winter. You know you'll be a bit nosy. And they've all got all mine have got um, polycarbonate crown boards, so you can take the roof on and actually see the bees because it's all transparent. And sometimes mm. you'll have a little quick look, and uh, you'll just see water just collected on it. Um, the, the more modern sort of revisions of those those hives have got much thicker roofs, which apparently stops that happening. But I don't, I don't have a poly hive with a big thick roof, um, mm. so I put a bit of extra insulation over the top of it, which might reduce it. But it doesn't stop it. So that's the, that's my only criticism of poly hives is you get that layer of water along the top, which you'll find a bit annoying. But all the bees yeah. come through, so obviously they manage it somehow. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do get bad condensation. But I tell you what, I started doing, and I I should get your opinion on this. So during winter, 
I've started leaving a feeder on the top. Yeah, I do. So as as insulation, but is that just like extra space that they have to heat? Um, so what I do is I put the crown board on and I just put the feeder on top of the crown board. Um, once again, because oh, okay. I'm too too yeah. lazy to take all the feeders back to my house and put them in the shed for winter. Um, I normally take the yeah. big I normally take the big feeders back. This year I didn't because I got ill. I didn't have the chance to. But um, for the polynukes, I just wash them out. I go to the tap in the farm and I just wash them out so they're clean. And then I put the crown board and just put the poly the poly feeder over the top of it for a bit of extra insulation. Okay. Yeah, because if you if you don't, they'll get up there and fill it full of brace comb. Mm. I don't think it's a lot more. Yes. Yeah. Which I've had. It's a pain in the ass because those poly nuke feeders, it's quite hard to get all the brace comb out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, that's that, I mean, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's what we do, Jack, is um, take your nuke and just build it up as if you were going to put it into a full-size hive. Then as you go into autumn, just you know, just make sure that it's got enough food on it. If it hasn't, you can. I, what I do is I put fondant on top of it and they'll eat into that. And, and actually, it's a good indication of how many stores they've got. I find it. I put fondant on they leave it alone, they're fine. I put fondant on and they eat it or kind of keep an eye on that one because once they've eaten it, I'll put another one on. But it's just get them nice and strong. And, it, and if you can get them on double, like a brood extension, it, They've just got more space to put food. But I happily, I think, I mean, the ones I left Tracy over winter, two or three of those were on just six frames and they all came through. Mm. I, I, I lose more bees in, in wooden hives over winter than I do the poly hives. Poly nukes come mm. through, or seem to come through pretty strong. Um, yeah, I agree. Unless, unless they go, they, they, I think I lost one this year, but it was, it was, it was weak going into winter, and I was kind of built it up as much as I could, and I kind of just left it to its own device to see what would happen. And it popped its clogs, as they say over here. So I hope that <laughs> answers your question. If it doesn't, just, just hit us up on Twitter again. Um, let me cross that off my list. So I think this may actually be the shortest podcast we've ever done, um, simply because we're remote and uh, there's a lot less piss-taking. I was going to say, I'm just talking into a black screen, so I really can't take the piss oh. out of you as much as I want to. No, you can't, because I've so. got cancer. You can't do it. <laughs> That's not why. That's not why. It's technology that's stopping me. Um, I know what I wanted to say uh, about the EFB outbreak. Um, oh, yeah. So it's, um, I believe, in North Kent – here in the UK, there's been quite a big outbreak of EFB um, and the bee inspector actually came onto our club's uh, Zoom update the other night and told us all about it. Um, so, yeah, if anyone like living in the same area as us, we've all got to do checks and just make sure that everything's okay. Last year I thought I had EFB, but it was actually bad sack brood. So they can kind of look a little bit similar. But if whatever you've got, if there's anything, you know, that doesn't look right, you can call the bee inspector. The bee inspector. <laughs> it always sounds slightly threatening. Um, yeah. And they're free, aren't they? It's no, a free he's service. Really nice guy. It is, yeah, it is. Free it service, is. provided by the government. You pay for it through your taxes, so use as much of it as possible. 
So use it, yeah. And you can find out who your bee inspector is and how to contact them on the National Bee Unit website. Um, so That's a really good website. That's where is. I got my beekeeping, uh, my, sorry, my uh, queen rearing method. <laughs> the Hardman yes, method. There, there's a lot of good, um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's got a whole library really of really like useful PF, PDS from Varroa control, disease control, queen rearing, how to do a split, how to make syrup, almost anything you want is on the National Bee Unit. You just Google it. And they have um, that Varroa calculator as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't use that. So yours, my God, you have virtually no Varroa in any of your colonies. So the seven-day drop that I did, um, that was less than five mites in every single colony. That's because I oxalic vape them Yeah. in, in – uh, December. Well, it worked. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all good. I can you say. Do, um, <clears throat> I do th- uh, three treatments five days apart just in case they've got brood, and that seems to really knock it down on top of mm. – uh, obviously, you do a autumn, you know, do a treatment in August, don't you, roughly? Some sort of treatment if you do treatments. And then uh, I do mm. a – I vape them in December. It doesn't take long. It takes about – to do – 14 hives, I think, took me about an hour. Mm. Mm. It, well, it obviously works really well because, yeah, it's really low. But I'm going to do some sugar rolls, you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Can you take your little sugar you roll just, kit up there? I've got my sugar roll kit. Everyone's fascinated by that. It's su- it's such a cool little tool. Um, so I'm going to be taking that up there and doing some sugar rolls because you don't really know, like you can't be 100% confident until you do a sugar roll, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, the drop the drop's good, but it's it's not as good as actually getting a, getting a sample of, sort of 100 bees and or 200 bees and then you use a non-lethal way of knocking them off. I, I, I kind of I use alcohol, which kills them all but it knocks everything off. Yeah, yeah. Sh- sugar rolls. Much. That's the most. Yeah. Yeah, you just end up with all these dead bees, which is a bit depressing. But you, you get a sort of super accurate view of what's in there. But mm. the sugar roll one's almost yeah. as good. So mm. you know, mm. and they get to go back to the hive and be licked by all their mates to get all the sugar off them. And <laughs> yeah, they kind of, when you tip them out, they're all like a bit like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> and then they just kind of you know, kind of start crawling around and getting all the attention. It's, it's really, they're funny, but I love it that it doesn't, it doesn't hurt them, but I know alcohol washes are the most accurate. Um, and I would, I would do that actually, but, um, drink yeah, <laughs> put it, put it with some tonic. Cause you can't do it with um, Prosecco. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, that's EFB. Yeah, for everyone. That's a highlight to end the podcast, Andres. Yeah, it's, it's it's a cheerful subject, isn't it? Yeah. So because you get anyway. EFB, it's not fun, is it? Because they make you kill all the bees, and then they make you dig a big hole, and then they burn all the frames. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like a mafia it's... hit where they make you dig your own grave before they shoot you in the back of the head. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've seen it at Goodfellas. That's <laughs> oh, that's a lovely way to end. <laughs> well, no, I was talking to a bee inspector, and I said to him, "Well, what happens with it?" And he said, "Oh, you know, you dig a hole, and then 
you know, <laughs> you put all the frames in and you burn it and then we scorch all your boxes. I said, all right, who digs a hole? And he went, you dig the hole. It just felt like a, like a yeah. line out of a Scorsese film. You dig the hole. Pow. They they make you they make you um kill them as well. Like when I had my my issues last year and there were a couple of hives they told me I had to destroy. Um they made me do it and they stood and watched me to make sure I did it. So that was pretty hardcore. <laughs> How'd you kill them then? You use petrol? I use petrol, yeah. So do you just yeah. do you take it off the floor, or you just pull the petrol straight straight through the top and onto the floor? You put uh, through the crown board. Right. It's, it's like the it's the fumes that yeah. kills them. But um, the ones that I had to destroy only had about two frames of bees in them, a frame or two, um, and they were looking very sick and very deserted. So it wasn't like having right. to kill a great big colony. What do you do with a box afterwards? Because it's full of petrol. Well, actually, it was a it was a polyhive, and um, it. the petrol ate. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. So I had to get rid of it. Yeah, I know that because um, I put um, I got like a recipe for a swarm lure off off the interweb, and it used um, lemongrass oil, and you put it mm. in a little bag and, and and on tissue, and I put that in the in the in a polyhive, and it ate a big hole in the polyhive. So I know if you put some chemicals in there, sometimes it just it just just eats a hole. It's just it's like, okay. Yeah. Won't be doing that again. Yeah, it, it was like melted. Yeah. Um, and one of the polynukes as well. But anyway, I mean, in this kind of context of what was happening at that time, it was wasn't a big deal. So, um, my bees have recovered. So that's the main thing. Cool. Cool. So that's our first ever remote podcast using uh, Google yeah. Meets. So we use Google Meets because it hasn't got the free version at the moment, hasn't got any time limit on it, so you can waffle away for hours. And we tend to waffle. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's weird, though, not being able to see you. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not allowed out. So I can only see people through no. glass. <laughs> yeah, it's like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Full about Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> you did wave that day. That's right. The yeah, day I, I kind of waved from the window or whatever. Yeah, like, that was like Carrie. Yeah, just <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. but in a couple of weeks we'll be able to do go. this. Um, so next time we'll probably do it face to face because they're, they're reducing um, their uh, restrictions and. Um, I'll have finished taking all these drugs, which will which will mean my immune system will come back. So, it'd be great because it's really boring only being with your family all the time. Not in a nasty way, just in a weird way. It, yeah, I it is it is funny actually. Just kind of well, in my case, being in a house with one other person, yeah. it's it, it is a bit. Like after a little while, you kind of feel a bit suffocated, but then also I can't imagine what it's going to be like when they're not here, you know. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm coming or going with it, but anyway. But anyway, so um, anyway, thanks for listening. Um, we're going to try and put another one out. I don't know when, but we're going to do another one for the, before the end of the year just to go through uh, all the beekeeping Tracy's been doing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and how deep a hole she digs for me for my with my wife with hundreds of jars of honey turning up 
she's funny. She can. Well, how can Tracy's get all this with honey, honey then? With all the honey that I need. Well, she loves honey. I'm not. I'm not particularly interested in it to be honest, but she loves it. I can take it or leave mm. it, but she really, really likes it. And yours is nice honey as well. Yeah, it's very, it's, very it nice. Is, it is nice. Everyone all I give the it trees. to so likes it. It's all the trees and there's those weird yellow flowers on the lake that I've never identified that they go all over. They're marsh marigolds. Are they? Okay. Yeah. I asked, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you asked the farmer. What they were. Yeah, I asked the farmer yeah. what they are. He knows what every plant on that farm is. It's, it's amazing. Mm. And then there's that, that, that bush that hasn't got no flowers that they, all the bees go on and just sit on the leaves. Mm. I don't know what that, that is either. I'm not a very good beekeeper. And I don't know what any of the forage is. I can point to the trees, and that's a chestnut. It's a lime. Have you seen the limes where we are? Yes, they are. I heaving. have, but it's very it's very dry there at the moment, so that could stop them secreting nectar because they're very fussy, aren't they? So yeah, I was thinking the other day. I wish I had some bees in my garden, but um, yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. But um, yeah, so so anyway, I'm gonna press the outro music now so we have to be quiet for a minute um anyway thanks thanks for listening uh, you can find us uh thebeehivejai.com um you obviously found a way of subscribing to the podcast um you can talk to us at, on twitter at the beehive jive um and we'll speak to you soon cheers bye <laughs> That's that. That's that.